Hello and welcome to Million Dollar Monday. I'm your host, Greg Mazzello, bringing you real successful people with real useful advice for people with big dreams. I understand big dreams. I turned an investment of $200 and a lot of great advice from some really successful people into my big dream, Proforma, that today is a half billion dollar company. Well, hello and welcome. I'm joined today by a fascinating woman who actually started her career working for her father's business, which was called Raymond C. Rumpf and Son. <laughs> and there's a story there. We're going to talk about it. But somehow through all, all of the years and all of the hobbies, and it's a great story, um, she started candlesandsupplies.com and has grown it into a business with 50,000 square feet of supplies in the business, $8 million in sales and still growing. Please join me in welcoming Cindy Rumpf Novak. Cindy, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. All right, let's start at the beginning and just tell us a little bit about your growing up years and where did you learn to have a passion for business, and then let's talk about the stories that led to your starting uh, your business today. Okay, um, my my dad was a serial entrepreneur. Um, he always, again, out of the need and and just business is game. It's fun. Um, you know, he taught me growing up at anything, anything I would want to do, he'd be like, can you make any money at that? Can you make any money at that? What can you do to make money? So it was kind of a thing. Um, and, and I believe like probably when I started first grade and would pack my lunch, I was selling my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the cafeteria uh, <laughs> and coming home starving and then wondering why I'm so hungry when they've just packed me a lunch. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how it all started. But, um, you know, I always had something going on working, you know, different jobs, figuring out different things and learning things. And then um, I did uh, go, go to work for my dad. Um, Cause I grew up in the business and he needed help and, you know, I needed a job and they brought me into the business and they kind of just put me wherever needed. But what that did for me, I learned every single job. So I did everything from like clean the toilets and sweep the floor, all the dirty, disgusting jobs that nobody wanted to do. They yeah, threw me right. But I learned everything about what did that it. business do? What, what it was, was a, um, a wholesale fishing tackle business. So it oh, was a okay. fly fishing business. So basically I was, you know, selling fishing tackle and stuff like that. So, and I always liked people. It was fun working with people and the employees and, um, you know, the customers were awesome. You know, all my accounts were awesome and stuff like that. So, um, but, you know, I just really dove into it. And, and my dad was like setting up his exit strategy and getting ready to retire and stuff like that. I, I think he he had high hopes that my brother would take over. Um, but my brother had other interests and everything. And he's he's off doing his thing and doing awesome, um, um, but never really wanted to take over the family business. So. Is that the son in Raymond C. Rumpf yeah. and Son? OK, yep. that's, that's Raymond right. Jr. OK, yeah. so the son never really showed an interest in over the business. So. No, no. So why didn't it become Raymond C. Rumpf and daughter? Talk to us about that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my dad was very old school. Um, yeah. You know, not that 
he, he wasn't a jerk. He was the most amazing, one of the most amazing of course, of my course. Whole entire life and one of my best mentors ever. Um, but you know, and, and not that he believed that women should be at home cooking and cleaning and stuff, but he just believed that women shouldn't run businesses. So there was that, I mean, at, at one point, you know, I wanted to buy him out. I had financing this, that, and he's like, I I'm sorry, I just can't do it. The second generation screws everything up and you're a woman and I just can't do it. And, um, so wow. that's when I'm like, well, you know, uh, and that's, you know, back in 98, 99, 95 is when I really um, started to think about like, you know, I, I kind of want to do this on my own. I love the fishing tackle business, but if it wasn't going to be my own, then, you know, I, I wanted to have my own thing. So the internet was coming around, people were putting websites out, selling them. I'm like, wow, this, this is probably going to be pretty big because <laughs> like, who wouldn't want to buy on the internet? I, I think it's going to be a big thing. So I think I want my own website. Um, so then, you know, my daughter wanted to make candles and we make candles and, uh, you know, paid for, we had a heater blow up, we needed to make money. So we made money and bought a new heater, that type of thing. And it, it just turned into a real thing. So, uh, how, old, how old were your daughters when you started uh, making candles? And I'm assuming it started as a hobby or just for fun. Mm -hmm. And yeah. how did that hobby or fun, how, how old were, were your, were the girls when you started making candles just for fun? Yeah, uh, I think they were six and eight, five okay, and eight, okay. somewhere around there. So, yeah, that's really cool, and mm -hmm. it's so cool that you guys, that you as a family uh, mm -hmm. unit, were able to make enough money to, you know, pay for some things that were needed around the house that had to give them a sense of pride that they were really contributing in a meaningful way. They weren't just bringing home uh, movie money; they were they were bringing home real money. So then, how does this go from? Uh, a hobby or a hobby where some there's some money being made to a real business that that becomes a real business uh, gets a website and starts doing it seriously and full time talk about that transition and the details of it mm -hmm. um it actually went pretty fast so okay. i started working on my website in august of 1999 Huh? Um, the website actually went live September 22nd is our anniversary. So, and it was a year after Google went live. So we share the same anniversary as Google, which kind of makes me feel like an underachiever, but you know, whatever <laughs> it wasn't my life path. That's all right. Uh, yeah. So the website went live September 27th. And then back then, you know, it's still the same, you know, when you put a website up, it's like having a, a business on a back street, nobody finds you. So I sold, I ran some auctions on eBay. So I said, and then I used the auctions to actually drive traffic to my site. So if somebody would win an auction for Wix or something, I'd be like, Hey, congratulations. You won, you know, here's your Wix. You know, if you need anything else ship with this here, click on our website, go to our website, see if there's anything else you need. So that ended up, uh, yeah, kept, it drove enough traffic to sustain the business. And then by January, I think I quit eBay. So it was very fast there. And, um, after my website went live, I think by like November, I had actually given notice to my dad that I, I, you know, I started this thing and it's consuming all my time. I'm not sleeping at night, so I'm going to have to quit. How do you feel about that? Uh, it was tense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very, it, yeah, it was, it was very intense, but, um, you know, he watched me grow something in the, from nothing. Um, and he knows that he taught me that. So, yeah. Well, so that's that amazing. Was, after the initial, you know, well, what am I going to do with my business? And, you know, uh, he ended up selling his business because uh, he, you know, 
I ran the business. He would come back a couple of days a week. He was an avid fisherman, obviously. So he'd come come back like, you know, a couple of days a month and check the P&Ls and yell at me about this, that, whatever, go back to fishing. And then, you know, said that, well, I kind of want to do this, you know, well, I definitely want to do this. And this is my new path. And it was a little intense because he didn't know how to run his business at that point. So, um, but like I said, he got that all figured out, you know, everything's good. And then he, uh, he was actually very prideful, you know, after he retired and, and the tension went away after a year or two, he would be like, Hey, do you need any errands? He'd run up to you line for us and get stuff, oh, nice. get supplies, nice. you know, whatever we'd go on trips together. You know, a couple of times I had to like travel out of state to like, you know, sue a customer that didn't pay or whatever. And he would go with me yeah. and stuff. And so, yeah, it was awesome. It was, awesome. that's amazing. I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad that that's how it progressed. Um, right. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure including a lot of pride in what it was that you were, Building. All right. So I love the EB idea. Um, that's a very clever way to almost get free advertising. But once you quit the eBay thing, how did you continue to drive customers? Eyeballs to your website. What percentage of your business is done at the website versus people coming to your location? Uh, right now we're about 60% web and about 40% travel. And so it gets it gets a little muddy because people were up. I, these days it's called omni-channel, right? So you have, you know, a web presence, you can pick up in store, that type of thing. The website becomes a tool for your store so people can pre-order and they don't have to wait in line when they get here. So um, it's more of like, you know, an omni-channel experience versus just web versus just retail. So, but 60% of our orders do come from our website and the other 40% come from telephone or retail traffic. We also do classes. So we do hands-on classes. Um, you know, these days a lot is Zoom classes and stuff. And we will have that eventually. But I'm, I'm a big fan of people learn by hands-on doing it, getting in the room. Oh, yeah, for like sure, that. for sure. So, uh-huh. so we do hands-on classes. We have people oh, okay. that travel all over. Like we've had people come from like Hong Kong to take our classes and, you know, all over the place. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So that's very popular. So the classes generate a lot of sales. Um, we train all of our staff. So all of our staff knows how to make candles and soaps and whatever. So, so people get a lot of uh, help when they come in here too. So we make it more of an experience. So even if you place your order on the web and come pick up, you're probably going to go into our store and pick up some other things too. Um, our classes are kind of like Disney world. So you take a class and after the class, it dumps you out into our store. So kind of like Disney world, you go on the ride, you get dumped out into the gift shop. So (laughs) I've, I went to Disney world. I figured that was brilliant. So I'm like, I'm going to design my classroom where people take class, they use all the stuff and then they have to walk all the way through our showroom to get out the door. So, yeah. Yeah. It is brilliant by the way. And and it's torture because when you take your children like I can walk through those stores at Disney and I can get out unscathed, but not with children. Yeah. Oh, daddy, can I get that? Oh, daddy, can I get that? Oh, daddy, right? Yeah. That's brilliant and good Good for you. Any yeah. ideas yeah. of... It was Disney's idea, not mine. So I, Yeah, yeah I, that's I, all right. There, so. That's all right. I think that every successful entrepreneur has to admit they borrowed <laughs> some great ideas from other people, right? Drew inspiration from, yeah. All right. Drew yeah. inspiration from. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think your story is amazing to go from a kind of a hobby to almost accidentally making money and then realizing it could become a business and then turning it into an $8 million business, 50,000 square feet with lots of growth ahead uh, because you love what you're doing. I can tell and you're passionate about it. All right. 
tell our folks one or two big mistakes that you made along the way and what lessons they hold for entrepreneurs. Mm. And choosing just one or two mistakes, that's hard. So <laughs> mistakes are a daily thing here. Exactly. Um, I, I like the Thomas Edison approach. It's not a mistake. You're just one step closer to perfecting it. So I, I love that at all times. But my biggest, biggest mistake, um, it would probably be not reaching out for help. You know, when you start a business, people are like, oh, you're never going to make a living in candles. You're never going to this. You're never going to that. So, you you know, the rebel in me immediately is like, yes, I am. Of course I am. I can do this, you know. And then you think you know all the answers, but you're presented with situations that you've never had before because you've never dealt with this before. And I, I didn't reach out for help as quickly and to the right people as I should because I thought that within myself, I should have these answers because I started this business and I grew this monster and like I should know all this, but I didn't. So, and and I, it probably took 10 years to figure that out to reach out for help when needed. Don't stay stuck. Gosh, reach out for help. There's so many resources and so many helpful people out there. So that's my biggest mistake. And I could, you know, go into about 150 different stories off of that, why that's a mistake. Um, And the, the, Second one, um, and I I may have gotten this from my father, because one of the reasons he said that women can't run businesses is because we're too emotional. Um, So I I didn't react to situations as quickly as I should, because then I think, am I being too emotional? Like, so situations, you know, whether it's an employee problem or this problem or whatever problem, I'd be like, you know, immediately your broad pressure goes up when anything happens. Um, and sometimes, you know, you don't have to fly off the handle and react, but you need to handle a situation. So, you know, I've had business coaches tell me that you're, you're being a tolerator. <laughs> don't be a tolerator. So, so I ended up being a tolerator instead of just like handle the situation matter of factly. So that would be probably my second mistake. You know, from the first mistake that you were sharing, there was a, a bit of wisdom in there also. And it's be careful who you listen to. It sounds like you had some conversations with people, maybe neighbors or maybe friends that would say you can never make money doing that. And mm-hmm. and uh, I think some people get crushed, get their souls crushed by sharing their ideas with people, looking for enthusiasm and looking for affirmation. And they've got a great idea. They've got a great idea like you that turned into an $8 million business and on the way to a whole lot more. But if you'd have listened to the wrong people, you might not have ever even started that business. People who just don't know. So we aspiring entrepreneurs have to be careful who we share ideas with and who we look for affirmation from. And sometimes we just got to go with our gut. So that's a, that's another great lesson from there. All right you're successful in a big way, share one or two of the great successes that you've had and what lessons those hold for our listeners. Um, Probably I would consider my biggest success is all the people that we've helped throughout the years, all the customers and everything. So you know, I get people like me that they come to me and they're looking, they're starting a side hustle or whatever. Uh, we want to make candles, sell a little bit on the side, this and that. So I share whatever I can with them, teach them how, you know, my, my staff teaches them how, whatever, share with that. And I've seen people do some wonderful things like, you know, um, you know, the, they'll make candles and they'll, they'll buy a bunch of stuff and make candles like crazy and be selling them. And they're like, we're buying a house with the candle money we had. Yeah. Oh, wow, stuff like that. Yeah. Or, wow, you know, wow. I put my kids through college or this or that. And it, you know, it all started out right, you know, with us. Um, and I, and I feel 
seeing them be successful, I felt good because, you know, when I first started it and, you know, there's all different professions, isn't that doctors and lawyers are saving lives or doctors are saving lives, nurses are saving lives. People are doing all these wonderful things. And I'm like, what am, what am I doing? I'm, I'm selling things. But then, then we started doing the classes and helping people develop businesses. So that's probably my greatest success is how many people we've helped along the way. Um, yeah. That feels and, really good. Yeah. And, and to build, to build on that, most of the people that are buying or a lot of people that are buying your uh, buying from you aren't just hobbyists. They're actually reselling these candles right. um, and, right. or, or, or they're reselling all of the things that, that they're making. So you're actually right. selling to resellers and empowering people to pursue their own dreams of business ownership. That's cool. All right. One more big success. One more big success. Um, probably my staff and the people that I have here, we have, we have such a, a wonderful collection and, and nobody's the same. Everybody's different. You know, um, it doesn't, you know, age, gender, uh, race, it doesn't really matter. Everybody's got their own collective set of assets. Um, and since we're growing, it makes it really easy to take advantage of everybody's assets and put them like where they like it. We always do, you know, reviews. What are you best at? What do you like doing? We can put those people where they thrive and succeed and everything. Um, when I see their self-evaluation, sometimes I'm a little disappointed because they don't brag about themselves as much as, as they are wonderful. Like I would have said this and this and this about you. So, and I tell them that too, but, but we really have a wonderful collection of people and we have, you know, no matter people come and go, but we always have a wonderful collection of people here. Uh, just really good people. I always, I always say one of our mottos is we only work with people we're proud of. So it really kind of separates the people that should be here versus shouldn't be, um, but yeah, I, I'm proud of every single person here and, and the people that we've helped along. I love that answer. And I think it helps really point out that your father was half right. Women are emotional, but that's only half the story. Women are emotionally intelligent. And in general, not that I like to generalize, but I find in general, women are far more emotionally intelligent than men. And in many ways that makes them really great leaders. And uh, you, Cindy, are a great leader. Thank you very much for joining us and sharing your story. Thank you for having me.